It is Saturday, September 16th, 2023. I'm at my parents' house in Massachusetts, and I planned for this episode to be the summary of my travels out here. (laughs) But everything shifted when I got COVID earlier this week. (laughs) And I've spent the last five days... The days are kind of hard because with COVID, technically the day that you test positive and have symptoms is day zero. And so I think according to the CDC, today is day five of COVID, but six days since I started my symptoms, I don't know. (laughs) My head's still a little bit fuzzy. My voice is off. Um, Everything feels a little off. This is the first time I've put my brain towards a focused project since I got COVID. So forgive me if I don't always make the most sense, but (laughs) it's been five or six days and um, I'm going to share the experience with COVID, but also the things that I've learned. And then once I'm fully healed and I can focus uh, on the story that I wanted to tell about my travels. Uh, that'll be the next solo episode. I also have an episode that will be about going to two trade shows, Plant-Based World and Natural Products Expo East. And actually in between the two, I went to Plant-Based World in New York City last week, which may have been where I got COVID. That'll be part of the story today. But I, I will be telling the actual story of plant-based world and the products I discovered and the experience of going to that in combination with Natural Products Expo East, which is the trade show I attend once a year, that I'm going to, if all things as considered, if, I, if I'm fully healed up next week, I'll be attending that trade show in Philadelphia. So I I will step back to uh, how this all began. Um, I came back, or I I made it to Massachusetts um, at the end of August, and I really wanted to go to Plant-Based World for the first time in New York City. And my sister lives in New York State. So I went out and stayed with her. And I'll protect her and some of the <laughs> the details, but there's a possibility that one of the people that I was around while I was with my sister um, may have had COVID. I don't know. But this person was really sick. And that was my first day in New York State. It was last Wednesday. Um, so about a week and a half ago. And I had spent some time with this person and didn't realize that they were really sick um, until their symptoms started to get really extreme. I think they were trying to mask their symptoms a little bit to be polite. Um, and by the time I noticed, I had already been with this person for several hours. And so if they had, in fact, had COVID, I was already exposed. It was too late. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to to let my guard down, you know, it's September, 2023. 
COVID's been around for three and a half years. A lot of people are are acting as if it's not a big deal anymore. And I've talked about COVID a lot on this podcast. This podcast started just a few months before COVID started. And if you haven't heard me speak about it before, I really didn't want to get it. <laughs> this is my first time, by the way. So I dodged it for, for three and a half years. Um, I was really afraid of getting COVID. And I took a lot of precautions. I've been somebody who wears a mask most of the time. I avoid big crowds. Um, I have last year when I was traveling in Costa Rica and Singapore, I even wore multiple masks at once and had face shields. And, and I use this product called Nosin, which would put up in my nostrils. Um, I, I always had hand sanitizer, wash my hands, all that stuff. And for some reason last week, I just decided to let my guard down. Um, so while I was with this person who was sick, I mean, you know, I've been trying to be trusting. And um, I think that if I had known, if they had disclosed to me from the get-go that they were sick, I probably wouldn't have been around them. And or I would have wore my mask, kept my distance, been really cautious, right? But that just didn't work out. And I I, I think because I've been trying to be more relaxed about it, I, I just started to be mindful, but not super careful. And the next day on Thursday is when I went to Plant Based World in New York City. And I don't remember how often I wore my mask. I, I recall wearing it a couple times when I was on the subway, but I think one of my subway rides, I didn't wear it. Um, I don't, didn't wear my mask when I was at the trade show. Nobody was, I mean, maybe a couple people. And I think that my mentality has just been like, oh, wow, nobody else is wearing their mask. Everyone else seems relaxed. The trade shows, the subways, like there's no longer rules or regulations around COVID. So I was trying to just trust all of that. And I went out to dinner in New York City and then went back and spent a few more days um, and also a few more days around this sick person. And, and uh, on Friday, their symptoms got worse and they started exhibiting things that really felt like some red flags for me. And so I was trying to be even more mindful and I chose to continue to be around them though, which in hindsight, um, <laughs> I wish I hadn't, but I also to this day don't know if they had COVID or not because they didn't test. Um, so had a wonderful few days in New York, great time with my sister who was not sick and um, came back to my parents on Sunday morning and on Monday morning of this week, I woke up with a headache, which was really unusual for me. I, I don't usually get headaches. <laughs> Fortunate for that. So it was strange immediately. Just like, okay, something feels off. And I was hoping that it may be like I just slept weird or something. And it didn't go away. And then my body started to feel off. And the biggest sign... <laughs> that I was sick was my tracking device called the whoop, which to me, uh, if it, it really shined in this moment, um, I wear an Apple watch 
on one wrist and this whoop band on another. Uh, and I've often wondered, like, why am I wearing this thing? But I've talked about it before. I wear the whoop because it tracks my sleep. It also helps with recovery and it gives me extra details about exercise. That I don't think the Apple Watch provides. And people have often like questioned, like, why am I tracking so much? Well, the Whoop was the device that told me that I was sick because it tracks your respiratory rate. And maybe the watch does too, but I don't wear the watch overnight. And uh, the Whoop said it, I was like in the red. And on this device, like when you fall into the red, it obviously red usually means stop. It means warning. And I checked on it and it said like your respiratory rate is really high. And this is often a signal of illness. And I looked at all my data since I started wearing this device nine months ago. And it, I've never had my respiratory rate that high. And that's when I said I better take a COVID test. <laughs> Now I've taken a good amount of COVID tests, just like many people have the at-home tests. And in the past, I've taken them and, you know, you swab your nose and you use the droppers and you wait 15 minutes and cross your fingers that it shows up negative. And it always has until Monday. And on Monday, I actually started with an expired test. Apparently, like a lot of the, quote, expired tests are still good. But my parents had a few. And I thought, I'll start with that one just because it needs to be used. And the lines immediately turned red, both of them. That's, you know, you get the double lines if you're positive. <laughs> like immediate. I thought, okay, maybe it's because it's expired. So I got another test from the cabinet that wasn't expired and that too immediately turned. I've never seen that in all these tests. So I knew two tests, uh, this wasn't good. And so I immediately started to isolate myself, wear my mask. I'm staying at my parents' place. It's not a big place. I have my own bedroom and, and I just started to accept it. Um, and it's been a, a really interesting experience. Uh, the first two days, I had the headache, mostly in the mornings and at night, I think, and the body aches. That was really intense. Um, I took Tylenol. Actually, I think I started taking a leave at first, um, which did not work so well. And the frustrating thing about a leave is that you're supposed to take it every 12 hours, and from what I researched, we're not supposed to mix it with other medications. And I was kicking myself for taking a leave because I had to wait like at least six or eight hours until I could take anything else. And that was rough. Tylenol, extra strength Tylenol turned out to be the best medication. I also tried ibuprofen at some point, but extra strength Tylenol was the best. I did never try aspirin um, during this week, but... Um, I just started hydrating a ton and, um, luckily had a bunch of vitamin C packets. Although I did a lot of research over this past week, caught myself up to date and all of the COVID recommendations. And now that we're three and a half years into it, a lot of research has come out 
And a lot of people, uh, scientists, researchers, doctors, don't believe that vitamin C actually helps that much. That's been an interesting journey of like the different views on health and taking care of yourself. And um, I've noticed this throughout COVID, just all these different belief systems about what's working, what what is actually true. At this point, I've really started to align with a more, I don't know what to call it. Uh, I guess... I guess I would say I align more and I feel more comfortable trusting what the CDC says. You know, my history working in health and wellness, I tend to like the holistic viewpoints, traditional medicine, Eastern medicine, and I still follow those philosophies. But when it comes to COVID, I really feel like... I don't know how to put it, actually. It's hard to put it into words, but I guess the easiest way to say is I just want to follow what the CDC guidance is. And that's been interesting because a lot of my friends um, don't trust it because it's government run. And, you know, there's been so many battles with government viewpoints on COVID and there's all this political side of things. And, I think I've had to just spend the last few days really reflecting on what's important to me and honoring myself. And I felt a lot of frustration because there's been so many mixed messages. That's one of the biggest takeaways I've had from this experience. Um, but it didn't hurt taking a lot of vitamin C. I brought it all from home. Like I, I had this little like pouch and I filled it up with cough drops and vitamin C packets and electrolytes. Like it, it was almost as if I knew this was going to happen. And I carried it with me across the country and day, day zero, I was loading up on all of those things. And um, let's see. So day zero and day one, so Monday and Tuesday were just the headaches and body aches. And I just, just rest and drank a lot of water and took pain relievers. And then Wednesday, which was day two, was when my throat started to change. My voice started to change to like what it is right now. Um, and I think I started to get a sore throat that day. And that's the day that I started to panic. That's the day where it really started to, to get rough. And I was supposed to lead a coaching session within Beyond Measure. I do weekly group coaching, well-being coaching. And I told the clients in there, like, hey, we're going to have to do a text-based coaching. I don't think I'm up for doing a Zoom today. And we had a wonderful text-based group coaching session. Um, but that was like a big sign to me, like, wow, I'm really not feeling well. I can't even like show up on Zoom. Um, and I had one meeting that day that I didn't want to cancel and I did my best for like 20 minutes. Um, and after that, it was just like, I really started to feel bad. Um, and that night I woke up and my chest started to feel different. My, my lungs, 
like my throat, like everything just got really intense that night. So again, that was day two, Wednesday. Um, and I started to panic. I woke up and thought I'm in the kind of the, well, I'm in a small town in Massachusetts. I was going to say in the middle of nowhere, but you know, it takes 15 minutes or so to drive anywhere. And like, I didn't know if I was up for driving and I certainly didn't want to go into a store. My parents, you know, showed up in some interesting ways. Um, my dad does his best. My dad, for a number of reasons, I didn't want to ask too much of him. Um, but my mom, <laughs> I learned a lot of lessons about my mom through this, um, I'll just say my mom did not show up for me at all. Um, my mom basically went about life as usual, didn't seem interested in helping me, supporting me, checking on me. Like I just had to kind of pretend I wasn't even around my mom because she just wasn't there for me. And that was really hard. That was one of the hardest parts about this experience was seeing that my mom in a way that I hadn't experienced in so long. Like, first of all, I haven't been sick in four years. And I, previous to that, was not someone that got sick very often, especially not around my parents. Um, so it was really interesting just to see their responses. And my mom just, just wasn't there for me. I mean, she didn't ask how I was doing. Maybe once, like truly, I think I was, I started like keeping track of this because I was so taken aback by her response. Um, I think my mom asked me like, Hey, are you feeling better on my first on day one on Tuesday? Right. So the first official day that I had COVID, she, she, she said it as if like she expected me to have a 24 hour bug. I said, no, mom, I'm not feeling better already. I have COVID and it just started. Um, but I think that was it. She, she just didn't check on me. She didn't, didn't, it's just like anytime I was around her, it was like nothing was going on with me. And that was really hard. On Wednesday, day two, uh, I broke down crying. No, maybe it was Thursday. The, the, when I was starting to get really sick. And really needed support from somebody at that point. I just, just broke down crying because all I wanted was my mom to be there for me. And she wasn't. So I didn't ask for any help. Because uh, I didn't I didn't want to feel rejected. I didn't want to be turned down. I didn't want a half-assed response. Like, I wanted someone to show up and ask me how I was doing every day. I wanted someone to to offer me things, bring me things like, but I didn't get that. You know, my dad showed up the best he could. My dad went to the market and got me some things. I came up with a list. Uh, my list was number one, I needed some cough drops, lozenges with pain relief because by gosh, that's getting all blurry now, but I think it was Wednesday when my throat was really starting to bother me, I wanted like something really strong. I had three different types of cough drops that I brought with me and none of them were cutting it. <laughs> I had one with menthol, but I needed like, like some like run of the mill name brands that you would get at a drugstore lozenge with. <laughs>
with pain relief. Like I, at that point, like all my holistic stuff went out the door cause I was suffering. Um, my throat was killing me and I was desperate. Like that, that's where I knew I was so sick. Like, cause I wasn't even like looking up what plant-based holistic, you know, it's like, I just wanted to get rid of the pain. And so I asked for those, I asked for organic throat coat tea though, that, that still, I, I was holding true to those values. Um, you know, there's a number of organic teas that can help coat your throat. And I asked for soup and like a vegan gluten-free soup and, um, my last request where like I, don't, I haven't really had brain fog but my brain is like not operating quite as well the fourth thing was oh it'll come back to me what was it gosh okay it's so weird anyways i just asked for four things from the store my dad got got me the throat coat and they didn't have those pain relief lozenges so i had to order them on amazon and like waiting <laughs> for Amazon to deliver felt like an eternity. It was like next day delivery, but I literally kept checking the Amazon app. <laughs> like, what is it gonna be here? <laughs> and, and I waited outside for the Amazon delivery and like ripped open the bag and immediately took the pain relieving lozenges <laughs> um, and ordered some soup too, because my dad struggled to find me like the right soup. He ended up getting me this vegan ramen noodle soup that wasn't gluten-free, which bless his heart did his best, but I couldn't eat it. <laughs> um, so I ordered soup on Amazon and waited for that. Uh, but he did find the throw coat tea. I drank more tea than I can uh, count. I mean, that was basically it. I barely eat. I ate over the past five days. That was interesting too. Like I, I had a slight nausea at times, which is a symptom of, of COVID. I never lost my sense of taste or smell, but um, I did lose my appetite. And I, it was a really odd experience because it was like my body, I could tell I was hungry, but like nothing sounded good to me. I have all this food that I brought from my road trip. I had left over and from various grocery store trips I've, I've done since. And like, nothing sounded good. And it was so hard to even just like figure out something I could put in my body. And then when my sore throat started, like it was really hard to swallow, um, even hot stuff. Um, gurgling with salt water was a natural remedy that did work really well. And taking showers, like I took multiple showers a day just because the hot water felt so good. My parents don't have a bathtub if they had, especially the first two days of COVID, I probably would have been the bathtub a ton. I think my first day I took three showers. I took multiple showers the other days. The fourth thing on the grocery list I just remembered was I wanted a chocolate vegan ice cream. And specifically really wanted Cado, C-A-D-O, which is like an avocado-based ice cream. And they had it at the store. So my dad did get me that. <laughs> um, I Chocolate was one of the few things that I had an appetite for. And I wanted like the cold, smooth ice cream for my throat. 
and like that soup and ice cream and tea were like all I wanted for for days and that was just strange um and the sore throat was just rough but it was also like lying bed a lot you know I read this great article from Time Magazine, which I can link to, about long COVID, because that's always been my big concern with COVID, um, not wanting to suffer long term. And this article basically said that the research is showing that the best thing you can do is rest. And I did a lot of resting. I think I probably would have done it anyways, but I read that article early on in the first few days of getting COVID. And, and ever since I was like, okay, that's going to be my priority. I'm just going to rest and I'm going to try to minimize everything. The article said rest specifically meaning don't try to push yourself to get back to normal. And it actually says to spend weeks resting, even after your symptoms improve, like don't go back to regular exercise. And um, luckily, I've already kind of been in that state of a lot of rest. I've needed a lot of rest after driving cross country. Um, I That's just like, all I want to do is rest. Doing something like this, recording the podcast, um, is probably one of the most strenuous things I've done this week. Uh, sadly, timing-wise, my cousin came to visit on Thursday. She had a non-refundable ticket, and she flew out here uh, to visit me and my family. And I told her ahead of time, like, I have COVID. Are you sure you want to come visit? And she really wanted to come. She's vaccinated and has had COVID multiple times and said, you know, she felt like she could handle it. So spent the last few days spending as much time with her as I can manage energy-wise, wearing my mask, hanging out outside. I'm worried about getting other people sick, especially my parents. But it's interesting how comfortable they, they seem for the most part. <coughs> um, and that's been an interesting experience overall, is just noticing how laid back a lot of people are. You know, having had COVID finally, I wouldn't wish this on anyone. And this has been mild. I think the CDC defines moderate COVID as having shortness of breath and trouble breathing, which I didn't experience, at least not anything enough to really say that I experienced it. There was one moment where my throat got really tight and I did struggle breathing for like a couple minutes. Um, there was one night I woke up and my chest felt really weird and, but not in all, it was just a out of the ordinary way, but I didn't have any super extreme symptoms, just pain, you know, just like discomfort, just the body pains are really uncomfortable. The headache was uncomfortable. The sore throat was miserable. I mean, that to me, just being afraid to swallow. I haven't had that experience in so long. And I, I used to struggle a lot. I've had a history of really bad sore throats when I was younger. And um, it, it was not something I wanted to experience again. So, you know, even having mild symptoms, I just wouldn't wish this on anyone. Five days of this. And like, I don't know 
if it's really even, it's not over, you know, like uh, you can hear it in my voice. My body doesn't feel back to normal. Um, I took a shower about an hour ago and that was the first time I had the experience of energy. <laughs> like that was the first time I thought, oh, this is what energy feels like. This morning was the first time I had a cup of coffee since almost a week ago. I'm a regular coffee drinker. I love coffee. I look forward to coffee. And that was the other sign on Monday. I didn't want coffee that morning. I was like, wait a second, something's wrong. <laughs> I don't want coffee. Like literally no desire for it until today. It wasn't even that strong of a desire, but I was like, let me just try it. <laughs> I was like, my brain just wanted some normalcy again. And so I made myself a cup of coffee and enjoyed it. But I wasn't like craving it, you know, and that's just it's so it's just weird when you when things are off, you know. And again, I just I wouldn't well, who would want to suffer? And that's just been one of my biggest takeaways. And I've been thinking so much about the last five days. First of all, I went through a phase of feeling some resentment. I felt really frustrated that that person I was around who was sick, like, why didn't they tell me that they were sick? I mean, if without asking them directly, based on my experience with this person, who's a wonderful person, you know, I think they didn't tell me they were sick because they wanted to spend time with me. They they wanted to, they were looking forward to it. They they were trying to show up and like, how do I put this? They were trying to show up for me. And, and in their head, I think they thought that they weren't that sick and they were trying to push through it to show up. Maybe they, it didn't occur to them that they might have had COVID. I don't know. I don't know. Didn't ask them. Um, but I wish that they had asked me. And I think this, this subject of consent has come up a lot for me. I didn't consent to having COVID. You know, I didn't want to have COVID. Um, but right now we live in a society where I think people are trying, they've tried so hard to go back to normalcy that they're willing to mask how they actually feel. And I don't want to mask how I feel. I want to be honest, even if that means being radically honest and transparent. I want transparency and honesty, even at the expense of having to forfeit a good time. And I think that a lot of people wanted to just go back to life so badly that they're willing to pretend that they weren't sick, but sadly at the cost of others getting sick. And clearly that's what happened. And I'm not trying to blame anyone because I also made the decision to be around other people without a mask on. That was my choice. However, I, I feel like I made that choice because at a certain point, I started to feel really uncomfortable being one of the only people wearing masks. I mean, I still wear a mask off and on, but I started to feel like I stood out too much. I, I just didn't want to draw attention to myself. Like when you're 
one of, if not the only people wearing masks somewhere, it just starts starts to feel like there's a spotlight on you, or at least that's been my experience. And like, had I known what COVID was going to be like for me, I would have continued wearing my mask. No doubt about it. I would never would have taken it off. Um, even with these mild symptoms, it wasn't worth it. Five days of this plus, you know, my quarantine ends tonight. I don't even have access to COVID tests right now. That's the next thing I need to do is go find some COVID tests. My parents and I ran out because they take, took some tests too. So we don't have any COVID tests in the house. And now I got to go find where to get them. I don't know if I can even get them for free anymore. Uh, so I have to figure out how much does a COVID test cost or where can I get free test? You know, it's like it's now become this hard thing to do. But I don't want to truly end my quarantine until I've I've tested negative. I also am supposed to go to the travel and see friends and do all sorts of things next week. And like now I want to ask their consent. I don't even know if my friends will want to see me. Uh you know, it's it's just been a huge inconvenience. It's been uncomfortable. It's been unpleasant. And going back to this idea of consent, like I just feel really frustrated. Like wherever I got COVID from, it it was around somebody who chose to go out in public either despite being sick or maybe they got sick and didn't know it either. You know, it's like, we, we all know at this point how contagious it is. And, and because of that, I was exposed to it without wanting to be, you know, it's like, I guess it would have been one thing if I knew somebody had COVID and I willingly exposed myself to them. But, you know, I was trying to go out in the world trusting that we've moved past it and that people around weren't sick anymore. And I don't know. I just I find that disturbing because <laughs> I the second I tested negative or tested positive for COVID, I put on a mask like it was just like not I'm like I'm isolating myself. I'm not going to go in any stores. I have not done anything or gone anywhere since I tested positive, since the symptoms started. Even if I tested negative, I probably, due to the way the symptoms were, like I would have isolated and masked up just in case. That's how I proceed. And I'm not trying to be on a high horse. It's just that like I've realized through this experience how much I value my own health, but also how much I respect other people's health. I wouldn't want to get anyone sick. I'm telling everybody, I immediately told people I spent time with, I have COVID, just so you know, if you want to get tested, um, I, that's how I have acted throughout this whole process. And so there's been these moments of feeling just so resentful, these moments of feeling like, why, why do why after everything we've been through as a world in the past three and a half years, like why is it so hard to wear a mask? And I wonder how many people are like me who have felt like they do want to wear a mask, but they don't because it's socially awkward. It's uncomfortable or they're not wearing a mask because they feel 
exhausted by the explanation. I mean, the amount of people who have questioned me for wearing a mask over the years too, as, as it's a bit traumatic, you know, like I have all these memories of, of kind of being like teased or bullied, you know, like I, I have so many experiences like that. And looking back, it's a bit heartbreaking. You know, I remember people in my life, family members who have, who have made a big deal out of me wearing a mask, friends, supposed friends questioning these people that have written me on social media, like just like that makes me really mad because now that I've had it, and now that I'm like, this is why I tried so hard to avoid it. This is why I didn't want it. Now that I really know what COVID is like, I, I'm going to go back to wearing my mask. And I feel an even stronger conviction towards it. It's like, who are you to make fun of me for respecting my body and respecting others? I getting sick is miserable. I don't want to have this experience again. And I don't want to be responsible for passing it on to anyone else. If you want to willingly put yourself in this position to get sick like this, by all means. But it also feels frustrating because I think people willingly or, or just are nonchalantly getting sick and then it has a ripple effect on others who might not want to get, you know, it's just like, those those thoughts have gone through my head a lot this week. And it, it's just, I find it really disturbing and disheartening. And it, it's just curious, too. I mean, it's not even like, you know, I think some people like being sick because it gives them an excuse to rest. <laughs> and I mean, that's really sad, too. And the fact that this this Time article I referenced about how rest is like the most important part of recovery, like that sounds pretty obvious. And I've noticed how so many people just want to go right back into life. And yet I think that article says COVID's different. It's a different type of sickness that you can push yourself and maybe you can convince yourself to go back to normalcy, but your body still sick. You're probably still contagious. You know, the CDC says that my quarantine will end today, but it also says I could still be contagious for another five days. And I think a lot of people would, would just stop quarantining, quarantining this. <laughs> um, they just go, they'd be so eager to go back to normalcy that they'd rush it and then probably be contagious and get other people's, you know, that person that I was around who was sick, they went to the gym the day. I, I mean, like, I remember them, the, the, I got there on a Wednesday, saw them. And I know that the next morning they went to the gym the next morning. Like, wow, they were in the midst of really intense end moves. And again, don't know if it was COVID, but they were definitely sick, whether it was the cold, flu, something else. They went to the gym the next day without wearing a mask, you know, like, and I don't even know why this stuff is surprising. 
I just can't even imagine a doing that to your own body. Like the gym's the last place you should be when you're sick. Your body needs to rest, but it's also like, you know, you're around a lot of other people and without their consent, like at the very least wear a button that says, Hey, I'm sick. FYI, <laughs> if you don't want to get sick, stay away from me, put on a mask, wash your hands. Like, I just wish we could all walk around with that sort of transparency. <laughs> I mean, truly, as funny as it sounds, like, why don't we have a system like that? Like some way of saying to people, I'm sick, come near me at your own risk. Like that would make me feel better. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think, and and I guess I have, you know, I, I think there's some sadness too. Like I'll go back to wearing my mask regularly around crowds of people after this. And I have to suffer through the emotional toll, you know, of feeling like I stand out, feeling the, the odd one out. I don't want that experience, but I'm going to choose that over getting sick again. And it's just kind of sad that in order to protect ourselves physically and emotionally, it comes at the risk of sometimes feeling like an outcast, feeling like, I don't know quite what the word is, but I had this other moment, like on one of my days where I was really, really sick, I was thinking a lot about people with disabilities, people with immune compromise bodies and like how many times they spoke out about COVID and how the, the overall frustration that came from people who were at most at risk and how much they must have suffered because they truly couldn't risk getting sick. It was a life or death matter for them and how I've barely ever come across anyone who seems to acknowledge that, you know, when I wear my mask, people have been so quick to judge me, but no one asked, am I, am I immune compromised? Like, what if I was, what if that's why I was wearing a mask, you know, but there was never even that question, that consideration of why someone might be protecting themselves. And I wonder, is there like some Nile, is that the right term nihilistic? viewpoint in our life, like the exposure, just the willingness to expose ourselves to something so dangerous without knowing how bad it could be. And I, the rest thing came up a lot too, is just how so there has to be this article and these studies that come out about how important it is to rest. Like, why do we have to be reminded to rest? Why do we have to be sick to rest? Why do we have to be prescribed rest? This morning, um, actually, last night, I went to bed probably around like 1, 1 a.m. I was spending time with my cousin, staying up late. You know, probably not the best thing <laughs> for my health, but I'm pushing myself a little, spend time with her. and. So I go to bed probably definitely past midnight 
And um, I haven't been setting alarms for myself this week. I've just been letting myself sleep. My fatigue has not been that strong, luckily. Um, I've just felt low energy. I haven't felt fatigued per se. Uh, so I haven't even been taking naps. Like middle of the day, I've had plenty of energy. But, you know, I've just been letting myself sleep. <laughs> Radical concept, not setting an alarm. And uh, today I actually slept until 12.30 p.m., and my alarm was my mother yelling up the stairs, um, asking me a question, followed by, you know, it's 12.30 p.m. with, like, the judgment in her voice. And these are the things that I've been learning about myself, is that I was raised by a mother who did not prioritize rest. My mom, my whole life, wanted me and my sister to get up early and to be productive, to be efficient. And I wonder if my mother's response to COVID was get over it as quickly as possible. You got to toughen up. And I have these memories of being sick as a kid and hearing that from her. Like pushing me through sickness, like don't let it get you down. I think she actually said that to me a few days ago. Uh, she did say something along those lines, and I don't, I don't know even know why she said it. I wasn't looking for a pep talk. It was for her though. Like that's her mentality of like you got to be strong. And there's a lot of benefits of that. My mother is a very strong-willed woman, and I learned about a lot about being a strong woman from my mom. My mom never let her gender get in the way of things. She reaches goals. She perseveres. Like, there's wonderful qualities. But not when it comes to being sick. <laughs> And we have a very different viewpoint on sickness. I wanted to be taken care of. I wanted to rest. And that goes against the way that she views things. I think she might think, you know, when life is about taking care of yourself and you can fend for yourself. I guess that's why she didn't offer any help. I don't know. I also may think maybe she doesn't take COVID very seriously. She's had it. Uh, but she told me she didn't even realize she had COVID at the time, that she barely felt sick. And maybe she just thought that was be my experience, too. Um, but, yeah, like her, you know, judgmental response to me sleeping until 1230 p.m. It was like, this is my body. I get to decide how much rest I need and want. But she wanted to pass the judgment on to me. She wanted to make it clear that she thought it was crazy that I slept into the afternoon. And I wonder how many people carry around that same mentality, whether it's from their parents or what or else through society. And I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges that we're dealing with right now, wellness-wise, is that we don't rest enough. We have been conditioned for historically, you know, through some books I've read about this, um, specifically wonderful author named, I think, Jenny O'Dell. Pretty sure I mentioned her books before, but um, she has a book called How to Do Nothing. And then her, her more recent book that I read, I think it's called 
It's about time. Is it called saving time? And both books she gets into, maybe it's mostly in how to do nothing. Uh, but she has really studied, you know, productivity and, and the historical roots behind it and, and how societies pushed us to work so hard and turned us into these kind of like machines, cogs in the wheel, this capitalistic mentality. And I just don't want to subscribe to that anymore. I don't need to, you know, and maybe that's just a privilege. I have to acknowledge that. So I will insert here, you know, I, I have set my life up to work for myself, to set my own schedule, but that is a privilege. It's a privilege that I've been able to do that. I have a privilege of working my own hours. I have made a career path where I can do that. I can move meetings around. I can work late in the day. I can work late at night. I can work whenever. Um, and as much as I'd love to say anyone can do that, I, I don't believe that to be true. And I think that's a huge ca caveat here is that, and even in the Time article, I think they, they acknowledge that not everybody has the luxury, the choice to sleep till 12.30 p.m. On, uh, well, it is a Saturday. so But not everybody even has that. Saturdays doesn't necessarily mean you have the day off. Um, not everybody can take five days off from work, or maybe that's the most they can take. Maybe that's their whole vacation that they've been saving up to actually go on vacation and they don't want to waste it on COVID, you know? So when I, when I make these statements, I, I also want to acknowledge that they are my viewpoint, my perspective, and they are part of my privilege. this was part of what makes it complex. And Jenny O'Dell does a really good job covering all the different elements of how different people view time and rest. Rest is seen by many as a rebellious act. And there's also racism tied into rest. Uh, there's a lot of factors. And but that doesn't mean it isn't sad. It doesn't mean that it's not an issue. I mean, as human beings, rest should be our innate privilege for all. Is that there? I don't know if I said that quite right, but <laughs> rest should be available for all. Rest should be a given. We should be able to choose rest, especially when we're sick. And the fact that so many people either can't or won't or choose not to rest and push themselves so hard. You wonder what the long-term ramifications are. And I think because of the privilege though, it does inspire me to research this more and look into it more. And the gift in all this time that I've had to reflect during COVID just gives me the motivation to look into more ways to help others and encourage others and to understand others. And if I can just pass on the message of rest, then I feel like maybe, maybe this is worth it. 
I, one person asked if it felt like a relief to finally get COVID. And I said, no, this is days ago though. So when I was at the height, height of it, hopefully the height of it, you know, one thing I, I learned about COVID too is like, there's not any way to predict it. I kept looking up online, like, what was I searching the terminology? I was like looking like, what's the timeline for COVID? Like, what's the progression of COVID? What's symptom? You know, like I just wanted to know what to expect. And what I found is that COVID is different for everyone. There are different strains coming out. Like there's really no way to predict it. And that felt frustrating for me because I wish that someone would say, okay, on day two, you're going to experience this and day four will be like this and then it'll be over. But actually the, the times, the anecdotal stories I heard from people were not helpful. Um, a few people said, oh yeah, day two, day two and three are the worst. And Tuesday, although it was technically day one for me, um, I guess maybe they were right. It depends on which timeline you're looking at. I, at first I thought of Tuesday as day two. And I was like, I feel fine. Like I woke up on Tuesday. I was like, this isn't so bad. <laughs> but the according to the CDC, my true days two and three were Wednesday and Thursday. And those definitely were the worst. But I'm also trying not to think that it's over yet just because I'm on day five. I have no idea. I could end up feeling worse today. And, you know, I could get long COVID. Like there's a lot of unknowns. I'm not considering it over. And the stories of other people's COVID, like a lot of people even saying, oh, it wasn't so bad. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard. Oh, it was just like a bad cold or flu. Maybe. But there are moments that I've really, it was just felt really bad. And again, it was mild. So if, if a mild case of COVID felt really hard, can't even imagine what that moderate or severe version and we have no idea how this virus will progress. So the lessons I've found are not making assumptions about what COVID is like, not assuming somebody's okay getting COVID or getting sick, period. I'd like to advocate for that more too. I think it's just ridiculous. Like what, why can't we go back to this idea of consent? We have so much respect and focus on consent when it comes to sexuality. We spend, we advocate for consent. We teach classes on sexual consent. And we ignore consent when it comes to health. At least from my perspective, in this moment, I can't think of it classes or campaigns. I mean, there's been a lot of campaigns around wearing masks, but they're basically over now. But it's, if I'm getting it, then it's not over. If viruses are still, new viruses are still coming out, it's still here. How have we moved on so much from this? And I guess people just don't want to go the rest of their lives wearing masks and isolating and all this stuff. Like people are just over it. And it's just like, really a shame and I wonder like COVID's going to continue and it's not necessarily getting 
better. I guess we have the vaccines now, but not everybody wants to take the vaccines. We have medication now, but not everybody's going to take the medications. I don't know. All, what, what I know is that I want to treat my body with more respect. And I want to continue respecting others. And I will always ask for their consent. If I'm going to spend time with somebody, I'm going to ask, are they okay being around me when I'm sick? And I'm going to ask if they want me to wear a mask. I probably just will wear my mask anyways. But I want to have those conversations with people. And I hope that I'll advocate more for myself. You know, in hindsight, looking back over the time I spent with that sick person, I, I keep wondering why, why didn't I immediately put on a mask? Maybe it just did feel too late because I already spent a few hours with that person before I realized they were sick. I don't know. But I still felt like I didn't fully honor myself in that situation, and I regret that. So maybe this will just give me that confidence to wear my mask and, and for people that want to make fun of me and judge me, like maybe this has given me a bigger conviction to say, I, I don't want to get sick, period. End statement, that should be it. Maybe I'll go most of my life wearing a mask. You know, other countries do that. When I went to Singapore, granted it was last year and COVID is the case, but people were wearing their masks outside in the heat. <laughs> it's part of their culture. Everyone on the trains was wearing masks. Like I felt so relaxed in Singapore because it was just like, everywhere I think I'll prioritize rest more and thinking about rest differently after this experience I want to encourage other people to rest I also want to support others more when they're sick check in with people more because that I just yearned for that the people that did check in my sister was amazing she checked in with me every day. She offered to get me Uber Eats. You know, <laughs> She just like really tried to be there for me. And that was beautiful. I valued that. I valued the other people in my life that checked in. And that goes a long way. So a reminder, you know, when someone's struggling, <laughs> it's making me emotional. Um, when someone's struggling, sick, going through a rough time, like just a text message to let them know you're thinking about them. Can you do anything like offering? I've talked about that with grief, but it goes to any struggle in life. And some people don't want to be bothered, you know, <laughs> but you know, you can find a way to work with their boundaries I don't know. I'm sure there's more lessons. I feel grateful for energy and I'm excited to have the desire to eat foods again. <laughs> I mean, like look forward to eating food, foods. 
Um, not having a sore throat is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I look forward to sharing the episodes about my trip across country and all the experiences I had. I look forward to telling you about plant-based world and hopefully if I keep my plans going to Expo East next week, if everything works out, I mean, I'm supposed to stay with a friend and, you know, have to ask for their consent. I want to test negative for COVID before that. My fingers crossed. I need to go out and get those tests and hope I get a negative one this time. I have a few more days though, so fingers crossed. I'm supposed to speak at this food and wellness equity event, which I've been really, really, really looking forward to. Um, I'm speaking on a panel about uh, how content creators can drive ch change in the wellness industry and speak up and support others uh, when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And uh, it's a really important speaking appearance for me. So doing everything I can to feel better in time for that. So I have a lot to report back on. Thank you for listening. And for those of you who have struggled with similar things, who have been through COVID, my heart goes out to you. I, again, I, I hope you don't get it from this point on. And if you ever want to talk about what it feels like to protect yourself in a world that somehow can go against us, I guess, in a world that doesn't prioritize rest and health. I don't know. Maybe it's a whole new viewpoint that I am getting from this experience. It's, it's familiar, right? Like it, none of this is a surprise, but I don't know. I think sometimes we see things through a different lens when when we experience it firsthand. And it's unfortunate. I don't want anyone to suffer, but sometimes suffering is is the way that we can really take something seriously. So, while I don't wish suffering on you or myself, there, there's a gift in it at times. I did record this live in Beyond Measure and I didn't really look at the chat. So before I go, I'm going to look at the chat. Um, wow, one person shared that they lost 23 pounds with COVID. Oh my gosh. I did not have access to a scale, but I suspect that I too lost weight. Mm -hmm. Don't think it was 23 pounds though. Maybe... Maybe a pound or two, <laughs> but I definitely feel lighter. Um, another person said, it does feel inconsiderate for sure that people don't care if they get other people sick. Yeah, isn't it odd? I wonder, I mean, I just feel like it's, it, it doesn't make any logical sense. I don't know if it's as black and white as I don't care, but it's, it's almost like, uh, 
what's the term? Like our brains, I don't know how to put it. It takes a lot of, of energy to think about others sometimes. And I think it's easy for us to become, you know, really relaxed. I mean, even how easy it was for me to lose sight of what was important to me to let my guard down, you know, I was trying to be relaxed. In hindsight, it doesn't make any sense why I was so relaxed. You know, it's like, I guess sometimes we slip into mentalities that don't fully align with us. The social, the, the peer pressure, the, that can be, I mean, that's one of the greatest influences on us as human beings. And so, yeah, some, sometimes we do lose sight of, of, we make mistakes or we do things at the expense of others. And that's part of our humanity too. It's a, you know, people can do awful things to one another. We, we've, we all know what it's like to lose our temper, to have moments where we do something really selfish and then we look back on it with regret. Like that, that's a very human experience. So I guess on that level, we can relate. But this, another person beyond measure said, there'll be an odd one out with me. And maybe, maybe that's it too. You know, it's like, I thought a lot about being in the minority. There's so many levels to that. And I've grown more and more passionate about social justice and what it means to be in the minority. There's a lot of different definitions of being in the minority. And I think our society looks at that, looks down upon minorities in so many ways. And now I'm, I'm finding the inner strength to, to, how do I put it? I think this is the thing with suffering. Like sometimes when you suffer, you develop more compassion for yourself and others. And in these moments where I felt in the minority, for example, wearing a mask, being in the minority of wearing a mask and feeling like looked down upon because I'm doing something different because I'm different. But what if there's strength in that difference? I think there is strength in that difference. And one of the beautiful things that can happen is if you can align with being in the minority, if you have any sort of privilege you can use that alignment with the minority in some sense. Gosh, it's so hard to put this. I'll just say it very frankly. As a white woman with white privilege, the more I can relate to being in the minority in some senses, the more I can help people who fall into minority categories in ways that I don't, right? Like the social justice side of things the desire to get more involved with diversity, equity, and inclusion movements. Like I can't relate to having a different skin color, but I can relate to being in the minority in terms of the way I might think or, or the way I might act or what's important to me. 
and I've experienced feeling ostracized and bullied and criticized and rejected and all that stuff in some ways. And maybe I, that gives me a glimmer glimpse into what it might be like for someone who's felt those things throughout their whole life due to the color of their skin, where they're from, who they love, et cetera, et cetera. So I am grateful for any viewpoint that gives me that, per any, any experience that gives me perspective. And as somebody else put it, the ableist society that we're in, absolutely. That's yeah. Going back to the disability side of things or the people that have health conditions we do have a very ableist society. We take for granted health. Maybe that we've taken it for granted so much that we, we think like, oh, being sick is no big deal. But, you know, long COVID, I think, does fall into the realm of disability and the fact that so people don't even take that seriously. It's such a shame. So anyways, lots to be said on these subjects. It's a complex thing. Thank you for sharing. Those of you that joined me live and beyond measure today and listening and commenting, appreciate that holding space. I feel that that form of support is really beautiful and for those that are interested in a supportive community that is full of others that feel like they're the odd ones out. I mean, that's, that's really what beyond measure has, has drawn people that have been looking for, for a community of others who can relate on these complex topics who might have felt strange and unaccepted the beautiful thing about beyond measure is there's so much acceptance in this this space and people that have open hearts and compassion and want to understand one another and are show up to support one another in such incredible ways it's always blown me away so i record episodes live and beyond measure and i'd love to have you part of it you can also come join our events that we do regularly. I do my coaching and beyond measure. And um, the link to join is in the description of the episode on your podcast player. You can click that. It's free. Come in and check it out. Meet some other amazing, compassionate people that might feel odd, but together we're not odd. <laughs> And uh, stay tuned for upcoming episodes with guests. And um, actually, I met a really wonderful person at the Plant-Based World Expo who is planning on recording an episode with me about his experience as a neurodivergent person and somebody who's had a lot of health conditions who wants to speak really openly about it. And that was one of my favorite moments of Plant-Based World was meeting this human being. So... Um, looking forward to bringing that to you too and sharing so much more in the future. Thanks for listening. I hope you're well, genuinely. If you ever want to talk about COVID, send me an email or come into Beyond Measure. We'll chat about it. 
one of the Beyond Measure members mentioned the thing that worked best for them was Theraflu Express Max Severe Cold and Flu. Wish I had known. <laughs> Would have tried that. I did try NyQuil. I haven't had NyQuil in so long. I don't know if that helped. That was, you know, a lot of these things I tried, I'm like, I don't know. All I need to do is sleep <laughs> and take pain reliever. <laughs> but it, it was interesting trying all sorts of different concoctions, trying to find something that would help. <laughs> all right. With all that said, I'm going to go rest and wish you the very best until next time. Bye for now. <laughs>